Welcome to the one on one. When it comes to ratings, man, we number one. I get the truth, then I give them the scoop. If anybody got a question, I give them the proof. Welcome to the one on one. When it comes to ratings, man, we number one. I get the truth, then I give them the scoop. If anybody got a question, I give them the proof. Welcome to one on one at Legacy Lake Sports Network. Hello, everybody. Welcome. It is episode 17 of one-on-one here on the Legacy Makers Sports Network with yours truly. And I'm so glad to have you all here with me today because this today is part two of Crush Week. And you're like, Crush Week? What is that all about? Well, yesterday uh, I had my man, uh, Maceo Heard, one half of the dynamic duel that is the Crush. And now today I have my man, Emmanuel Glaze, one of the co-founders of the Crush Sports Network. Uh, Emmanuel, how you doing today, brother? I'm good, man. Glad to be here. Glad we can finally connect over some airways, man. Just, I'm glad I got the Quincy Carter number. I was a fan of his. He was growing <laughs> up in that Georgia, so I'm seventeen. <laughs> so let's go with it. Big me and Quincy. He's been on our show, so glad to be seventeen. Ain't, no, ain't, ain't nothing. Ain't nothing wrong with that. I love that. Yeah, but Quincy Carter, man. People forget Quincy had a nice little run, man. And yeah, I felt. Felt like he got okie doke, but we'll let that fly for another day. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. But we'll yeah, talk about that later. Now, of course, here, uh, we, we start off with the check-in. And I want to check in on you, man, and how you and your family and, and just how you've been navigating through COVID and the pandemic and, you know, everything with George Floyd, the racial tension in the country, man. Just how have you been doing and how things been for you? Uh it's it's made me have to, as well as I'm sure other people have to learn how to adjust and pivot and learn things about yourself. You know, all of when it, you know, in, in Georgia, all of my daughter who's in high school, one in high school and one in college, they all had to come in. We had to get together and we've all learned to adjust to that. Um, and it's, it's at this time, it's just interesting to see what's all going on. It's made me want to do more when you see what happened with George Floyd and, and then what happened to uh, Brianna Taylor and the things that are happening. So now I'm more focused and want to do more for not only, um, and, and it made me focus more on what we do, you right. know, because I think our voices are so important. Um, and I've seen what athletes do and do that. I feel like we have to do more now and with our mediums to do more, to make sure that we, we keep going stronger and can keep putting content out there so people can hear our voices. I mean, we have people in the news doing their thing. And I think for us as a sports media, we have to do our thing. So it's made me more focused, more conscious, uh, you know, cause I, like I said, I got kids, so I got to make sure where right. we're leaving them and supporting them is something that, that we'll be proud of and they'll be proud of. So, uh, it's been a very interesting, um, since March. Um, yeah. I was going to say it's, it's made me have to figure out and, and as well the crush. We had to figure out new ways. It's brought new technology into our lives. Right. Uh, so now we can reach more people and we can talk to more people. So now it's just once we do get back out there and get the covering, 
we do we keep covering we keep doing it and now we get that content out there and, and do more um as media yeah i mean and i think that's i think that's the part that you know we have a responsibility now as as media personalities that and not just it's not just about sports that we can kind of get this platform rocking and rolling and, and tell people you know we have a voice too we ha we have a voice to try to keep this thing rolling in the right direction and let people know that you know we're not second class citizens we right. can be looked at all across the board you're black you're white you're you're you know you're asian you're latino it doesn't matter like across the board we are we are people you know what i'm saying and exactly. i think that, that we can continue to to show people that that's who we are like we're right. not second class citizens you know respect right. us that's all we're asked for we don't we don't want handouts i think that's the biggest thing that the people are thinking if it's oh you know we want handouts you know you just want this we don't want that we want people to respect us that's it Sometimes and respect to get out of our way because you know as a people we'll go get ours if you just let us do our thing. Exactly, and, uh, that's what we've always shown. We get it from the dirt. We'll make it work, and uh, we'll do what we have to do. <laughs> just don't stop us. Get out of our way and quit trying to impede our progress. So exactly, uh, that's what we do, man. Exactly, exactly. Now I gotta ask you this, man. Like you know, and I, I love to to try to get everybody's mindset on this, but where? Where did you get that love of sports? When was that first time you remember saying, man, I love sports. I love doing this. What made you fall in love with sports? I'm going to sound. And, and, <laughs> so the first time I really knew I was a, a love sports is I saw there was a thing called laser disc back in the day. Mm -hmm. And it's before VCRs. I'm telling my age a little bit. <laughs> and the first one that I had was the 1979 Pittsburgh Steelers when they won the Super Bowl events of the L.A. Rams. Mm -hmm. And I remember watching that thing so much that I broke it. And I knew then that I loved sports. And it was football. And then when I went to, you know, playing in, in a small town that I'm from mm -hmm. and just playing sports all the time, we played all the time. Right. You know, we just, all we needed, is, and I remember interviewing somebody, and they said, we didn't have a lot of money back then, but we always had a ball. We could always find a football or a basketball or a tennis ball or a right. baseball. And somehow we always had one. I don't know where we got it from, but, but somebody we always like, had one. <laughs> we had a ball, and we was going to play. And that thing, we didn't never, I could say since the age of five, sports has been the biggest part of my life. It, it just had to be. And I just, I just love every aspect of it. I love competition. I love, um, and I like competition not only physically, but mm -hmm. mentally. If, you know, you know, if you're losing the game, how do I go back in? and figure out how to win in the second half. I love the mental part of the game and, you know, and, and, and who wants to be better and how, right. greatness, how do we measure greatness? Love all of it. And then, you know, you know, being in one generation and, and watching the younger generation come up behind us and seeing who's that next guy and just being in, you know, I always thought the one slow time in my life is when I graduated college and in about five years, I didn't do anything with sports. Right. I always said that was a slow period. <laughs> and then after that, uh, ever since that five-year period, I've either coached or broadcasted or did something in the world of sports for my years. And, and that's just what I just – it's nothing like it. Uh, it it's, it's, if people don't like sports, I always give them that how. What did it do to you? Well, how right. can you not like – I don't – you can like a stand not like in one sport. But how you say you don't like, like sports? <laughs> I mean, that means you're just not even trying. I mean, I'm, let's just be honest. I mean, there, there, there's too many different variety of sports. Yeah. You can you can find something. I mean, some people, oh, NASCAR is not a sport. Or this. if you like racing, heck, you, NASCAR is there. If you if you if you like peace and quiet and and a calmness to a game, and that's a little bit on the competitive front, maybe you like golf. I I, right. I think you know 
Uh, if you don't like sports, sum up. So, so, <laughs> I want to see what you're doing. I want to hey, see some skeletons. I want to see some skeletons. Something else must be wrong with you. Hey, so. <laughs> I, I know it's funny because you say, like, just finding any type of, like, ball or something like that. We used to play baseball um, in my hometown, you know, in the country. We'd have a tennis ball, and we would go yeah. get um, – you know, like on your your porch deck, they have the like the, the sticks that like the yep. little small sticks. We used to use those to play baseball at my aunt's house, and her yard was shaped weirdly, like it was almost like a baseball field. So we would go over there and play, man. We get yelled at, get out of my yard, and yeah. you're messing up my Hit grass. And I'm like, we do the house every day. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> my bad. Like, I'm, I'm sorry, auntie. Don't beat me up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna tell your mom. Please don't tell mama. No, please don't tell mama. <laughs> Now, you know, with that being said, and then you've, you know, when I was uh, talking to uh, Maceo, he told me how about how you guys met at Morris Brown and had that, you know, you know, you guys like kind of built that friendship from there. But how did, you know, that come along? But also sports journalism, how did you say, well, man, I think sports journalism is the way I want to go uh, with the rest of or part of my career? Uh, I tell it in two parts. One, um, I had a friend of mine when we first started. It was... Mm-hmm. Um, a guy named John Bill, he had this studio, and he was running an online internet show, He's a station. He said, I want to do a sports show, and I was like, nah, I'm good. I told him no at first. Uh-huh. So I went home, and I sat, and I was like, why not? Let's just have fun. Let me talk, see how I do with it. Right. Went did it for a couple of weeks, and then Mason was listening. He was like, bro, I got to get on that show, bro. I was like, all right, come on through. And it just clicked from that point on. And, right. and we never considered ourselves – media or broadcast journalists we were just trying to give good conversation with stories and right. just then we realized our knowledge was there and then we started saying all right maybe we can cover a game or two and we went to a different studio and then we start formatting the show and the show started getting really formatted and then we start covering the hawks and we start covering teams and then we went and said we got something here now it's right. time to use it. And, and then, honestly, when we started seeing that, it wasn't a lot of us at these events covering these games. A lot of African-Americans and a lot of – we was like, now it's a responsibility. And right. from there, we just started taking on um, the responsibility of covering as many sports as we could. Um, we tried to get as many interns that we can help out and you let them get their things in there. Um, and, and we've taken it more as a responsibility to show that we, we have to cover it. It's right. not like we – because of being a former players and former athletes to knowing what it takes to get there to hearing and not seeing enough of the story that we need to see. We felt now it's not like a want to, it's our responsibility to, to cover these sports. Yeah. I mean, and, and I, I can understand and agree with you hundred percent on that. It's like, you know, when, when starting and you, and you know, just as well as I do starting, it was, was definitely like, well, how is this really going to go? Right. Um, if you, if you'd have told me, and we're going on three year three now. And if you'd have told right. me year th- like three years ago that I'd be at the point that I'm at, still ways to go. But if you'd have yeah. told me where I'd be where I'm at right now, and I, I would tell you you're lying. That's the first thing I would say. <laughs> uh, but just being able to like grow, like you say, help people out, help people grow, help people get to that next level or uh, what they want to do is it's all like what we've always wanted. You know, it's like, you know, yep. legacy maker is we're here to make legacies. We're we're right. here to help build that legacy up, help get you to the next spot. So right. I, I, mean, I understand that completely, man, because it's just like you want to see people do well. Yeah, I mean, I want to do well, too. But when I see somebody, I'm like, man, look at that. They're, they're thriving. Yeah. That's, that's what and it's been. 
and it's been great to see. We're going on year six, and there were people before us, and and we we what we hear people say we've seen what you guys do and we appreciate it and that's you know you feel like a little old school you know going six years in this and right still able to cover what you want to cover i mean there's only a few sports that we don't cover but right uh I mean, that'd be more politics than anything but that's you know we'll work through those yeah. but to be able to be able to do this and and it matters and make it matter and and they'll get um and see your brothers like you and and, and other like controversy and, and all of those I did grinding, man. It feels good. We go to an event and it's like seven or eight of us. We like, yeah. We in the yeah baby. <laughs> What's up, brother? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like, you know, it's like, yeah, let's, let's do this. And because yeah. we all, we are, we are not, this, this isn't, we are not just waking up at six o'clock doing a show at seven and it's happening. We putting in hours upon hours of right. work, researching, <laughs> calling and on the phone and editing and cut videos. And did that sound right on like the way we said that and try to get people on our show. So right. I say, well, y'all doing this. Yeah, we're doing this part time, but we're putting a lot of work in there. There's a lot of hours going to. Yeah, pe- people, I, I, that's, the, I, that's the one thing I don't think a lot of people think. I was like, oh, I see you doing that. They don't know that. They don't know the effort that goes into you know, th- we've seen the, the videos where you got two views and we've seen the yeah. videos where you've got 14,000 and I, yeah. I've been everywhere in between. You know, I've, ha- I've had really phenomenal shows and I've had shows I was like that I thought were great, but nobody yeah. else did. Yeah. But, but like, the grind one view. Stop. Yeah, one like, view. One view. Like, all, all this work I put into this, I got one view. Man, come on now. <laughs> that was the deepest show ever. What happened? Exactly. You know? <laughs> like, all this effort I put in this and you telling me nobody else was watching? People don't understand that. That's and and that's where you know you got love for it because no matter what, you're still grinding them. Like I'm gonna get there one day. You are gonna respect what I do. And I'll, me and Mason, you funny you say that. Me and Mason had the silliest shows. Mm-hmm. Where I was like, man, that was just stupid. Have thousands of views. We like <laughs> we really forgot y'all was on the air with us. We were just cutting up. And right, next thing you know, right. but then we have a show. We had this great guest, and we just set it up. And like you say, you be like. Where were y'all at? This was the show to like, see. This is the one I need y'all to be watching. <laughs> you know, like it's like the one that me, me and Jay had an episode, and Jay put cheesecake. Like the the I lost a bet, and he <laughs> smacks cheesecakes and rubbed it all on my head. There was one where he took a bucket of ice cream and he rubbed it on top. I lost both bets, but those shows are like everybody's watching those. Shows. I was like, man, come yeah. on, y'all. I need y'all to watch when I'm <laughs> on here with so and so. Come on, man. <laughs> Now, now, uh, now, Glaze, you know, you've got, and you're wearing it right now, rocking your Optimized Division, um, your nonprofit, man. Tell us about how that got started. It looks like you do a lot of great, wonderful work with children. Tell us how that all got started and what made you say, you know what, I got to make this happen. Well, before I went to Sports Talk, I coached middle school football mm-hmm. for 10 years, for, you know, for free, and you did it for volunteer and I saw that that was the age that I like to work with that's right. the most impressionable age six to eighth graders and then uh, when I started and I left that and I started doing sports media it hit me when I was at the 18th green with Tiger Woods won his first match in so many years with the tour championship right and I'm sitting there looking and I see Tiger walking down 18 and I see a ton of people crowding him, but I didn't see a ton of young people like us right and it hit me in my head and I said I got to bring kids to these events somehow, right. some way. And then I started reaching around and I started asking people, hey, do you think if I ask you for some tickets, you'll let me bring some kids? Oh, yeah, we'll do this. Next thing I know, I was 
okay, a lot of people said it. Right. So I just took, I, I just took a chance and said, what if I can gather, because I didn't know where I was going to get students from or none of that. Right. So right. the first time we did it was in January 2019. I knew people at the Georgia Tech women's basketball, and I said, what if I could just do a test run with about six kids? And when I brought six, we did a tour. And, and the goal of Optimized Vision is to not only show them what happens on the field, but what shows them what goes into off the field, goes from the security guard to the trainers to the coaches to the mm -hmm. pregame to the cooks to the, the concession the show what really goes in them to open it and, and expose them to so many different things right and it started in january 2019 and next thing i know we are at nascar events we went to you know we've been to braves games we've been to football uh, we're supposed to go to hawks this year but i'm kind of gonna hold off on that but in in total um we've done over 18 events in 18 months awesome um, we, we did uh, 13 live and then we went to COVID-19 we had to go to a virtual series mm -hmm. and the goal was you know I just managed the two things that I felt mattered the most to me middle school students and I made sure it wasn't just boys I wanted to make sure it was girls, boys too, and girls too because I watched the WNBA I watched women's basketball I watch all these sports that women in why not they can be a part of this exactly and um when we created it we just kept going with it and now we're um 18 months in and I couldn't be proud of it that's awesome. I mean, I was, you know, taking a peek at it, looking at it. And I'm like, man, that's amazing stuff that you're doing there, man. And I mean, I, th I used to substitute a long time ago, <laughs> substitute teacher. And I, I, my favorite group of kids was the middle school kids, because yeah. like you said, is that they're, they're the most impressive. They make they get on your nerves. I'm gonna be honest yeah. with you. Those yeah. kids used to get on my nerves, but yeah. they respected you because they looked up to you. Even if they, even if they acted a certain way, they still, you can tell they looked up to you more. So it was just more fun trying to, you know, help them get to the next level and help guide them through a tough time because that middle school age is, ooh boy, <laughs> middle school age can be rough. Because always that point, and if you don't talk to them at that age, I used to see kids that I, I, to this day, they still call me coach. I mean, I got 20 some year old men mm -hmm. who get me and say, coach, hey coach. And you know, because <laughs> at that time, I right. guess I mattered a little and did right. little things for him. So that was uh, that one on one. When I saw that, I knew it. And also at the middle school age, you know this, at certain with all the NCAA rules, you can take them to all games, college pros, and all that at middle school. Mm -hmm. Once they get to high school, then you have to worry about it. So now we yeah, just want yeah, to work yeah. with a group that can see both college and pros without any issues from the NCAA, but yeah, we still want to. Ain't <laughs> trying to jack up nobody eligibility before they even <laughs> get a chance. You'd be like, man, we just. You already ineligible. You in ninth grade. It's like, yeah, 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 man. It's like, it's like my bad, my bad, <laughs> my Sorry bad. About that. Sorry about that. All, all right, I'm just now. trying to get you to a game. Just trying to get you a game. I was all just right. trying to get you. Yeah, that's all. That's all I wanted. I wasn't I trying no to get you in trouble. I didn't know the NCAA committee was going to be at the game, but all I right. <laughs> Are you the next LeBron? No, no, it's not what no, you no, think. No, what no, you no, think. No, no. All right, everybody. It is time for my favorite segment it is time for quick one this is the emmanuel glaze edition emmanuel are you ready sir for quick one no i try but i will see we'll see what happens <laughs> so i'm gonna hit you off right because i when i did the last episode uh with uh heard i told him that i was gonna ask the same question to you but in reverse so let's start it off right best quality about our man maceo his personality is infectious. He's, his personality is infectious. Uh, I do believe that if 
if I didn't, if I didn't, I wasn't in his way sometimes, he would probably get us kicked off the air, but, but his personality, <laughs> wherever he goes, <laughs> it takes over a show. I mean, it takes right. over and it, it's, it, it's, it's, everybody got, you know, Fox got their Shannon Sharp. They got their Stephen A. I, I think the crush got, we got May show, May got show personality. <laughs> Everywhere we go, I can go somewhere. Hey, what makes you? Hey, man, we don't stay together. I mean, I, I, can I go to a bar? That's the same. Like, hey, man, where, where your boy? At? I was like, he at home. I guess. I mean, I'm just walking out. I mean, that's all. You, you do know I'm getting breakfast, right? Can I get breakfast? <laughs> <laughs> Next one. Your favorite sports moment? Oh man, it's easy for me. And I, I, um, I have two, but the one that sticks out, and the reason why, even though we didn't win the Super Bowl, is when we went to Minnesota, Atlanta Falcons, mm -hmm. and we beat Minnesota in 1999 in Minnesota when they had Randall Cunningham, Randy Moss, Chris Carter, and uh, Robert Spiff in the backfield. And we went up there, and I had people clowning me like, you know y'all going to lose that game. We went up there and beat them. <laughs> and dirty bird on their field, and we won the NFC Championship. I mean, there's the there's – the, yeah, yeah, we did all that. I had family in Minnesota at the time that wouldn't call. They called me all week, but I couldn't reach them couldn't after get the game. <laughs> dee -dee. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to the phone? Oh, I mean, to me, yeah, and just, it was just the moment because I remember just was Chris Chandler, Jamal Anderson, and just we weren't supposed to win. I mean, yeah, that's the Braves in 95. We won the World Series. Right. MLS, we won a couple of years ago. And what the Falcons did, I want to talk about 17, 16, 17. But that 1999 was just, and, and, you know, it was just special. You know, we weren't supposed to win that game. It was supposed right. to be. I just remember because Minnesota had a track meet. They had a track team. They were just they, fast. They, they, they were balling that year, man. I mean, yeah. <laughs> they were 15 and 1. They beat uh, everybody. They I beat mean, everybody. And Randall Cunningham had the best year of his career. Right. They, they had the, the best offense ever. I, re I remember all of that. I remember them just talking about how uh, Minnesota's a lock-in for the Super Bowl. Yeah. But they weren't. <laughs> we, went there, we went there and beat them. I was like. That was just a, a proud moment. I just remember, even though we lost the Super Bowl, we won't talk about that to the Denver Broncos, but that's still, <laughs> still a, a, a proud moment. Still a little proud moment. All right, so speaking of the Atlanta Falcons, now Coach Dan uh, Quinn has been there for quite a few years, uh, and that, a lot of people think this could be a, you know, a do-or-die year for him. Do you see him being the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons past this upcoming season? If he doesn't win the minimum, we just the NFC South. Right. It's his last season. Uh, I think it, it, there's no reason, even though Tom Brady's at Tampa and even though Breeze is still in New Orleans, with the team that we got, the, you know, the, one of the greatest receivers, in my opinion, and, and this talent defensive-wise, we're still young and fast. If he doesn't win the NFC South, right, this is his last year. That's the minimum. I think he has to win at least one or two playoff games as well. Mm -hmm. But if he – if we go – Second, and we have to win the NFC South. It ain't no if ands and buts. No if ands and buts. No, because no, I mean, if they, if they sneak a playoff, do you think he still? If they get the, they make the playoffs and they don't, do you, does that change it? Still, it, it, it? You have to make a run in the playoffs. Right, right. I, have to, I mean, it'd be have to be a good run in the playoffs because I, I don't know what else you can ask for. You know, even though Gurley's not the Gurley that came in when he first came in. Right. You you the nice little running game to help protect you and you know, you got receivers, you got no excuses. And I, I just think you've had bad time management over the years. This is your team. You fired a lot of coaches because you 
I hate when you put the blame on coaches and right. you've done that. It's nobody else to fire. There's nobody else There's to get nobody rid of. else. <laughs> You're the last one. <laughs> yeah. All right, coach. We got rid of everybody. Now it's you. What are you gonna do? And <laughs> I think if do? he does if he doesn't if he loses the NFC South to a forty year old Breeze or or a forty three year old Brady or a Teddy Bridgewater, no offense to Teddy. Right. If one of those three guys are holding up the NFC South, and we got Matt Ryan who's probably the best in that at 33, 34 years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bro, it's time to yeah, it's time. <laughs> <laughs> if one of those guys will hold up the trophy and you're not, with all the stuff going on in New Orleans and Tampa, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's time to go. Yeah, it, it might be a little bit rough. Like, yeah. It might be a little bit rough. So who, yeah. is the, who is the best athlete you've ever seen play? Deion Sanders. Um, my first time seeing Deion was in 19. Ooh. We first opened up the Dome. and I, first game I ever went to pro was in, in Georgia mm-hmm. Dome. And Deion Sanders was playing, and he caught an interception. And he holds the ball up to the crowd. And he runs back the other way. And I've seen Vic play. I've seen, I've seen them all play. But when Deion, it was just – it just – you can feel – I feel chill bumps coming up my now when I see Deion. When I, I can remember that play. Right. I remember seeing Vic do a special run, but when I saw Deion – Young catch the interception and pointed the ball to the crowd, and everybody just rose like, "We know we about to get a show. We we right. know it's coming." And it was easy for him. And then he could leave that game, catch a helicopter, go play with the Braves, and lead off and hit a double or a, a bunt and single and get steal bases. That was all in one day. He used to do that all in Atlanta at the same time while we trying to win a World Series. He would play a Falcons on Sunday, helicopter to the game to the you know wherever need to be and play out and play for the uh, the Braves the same day. They don't, they, don't like make, they don't make them like that anymore. Like, mm. I, I'll be honest with you. I think the only other person besides him and Bo, they might be the only two that I can remember. There may be somebody else in there. But those are the yeah. only two that I can say for sure. Well, maybe Brian Jordan, Brian Jordan. I mean, I leave out Brian Jordan. About, I'm about to say, he was friend uh, of yeah, Brian Jordan. Yeah, yeah. Don't, they can't leave out Brian Jordan. So it, those three guys, I mean, those are the only three guys you ever really knew, like, did that. I mean, yeah. you, didn't, you don't – there's probably some players that could do it now. I don't know if the teams would let them do it now. That's but, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I don't know the teams will let them do that now, but there's there's a couple guys, you know, I think they probably could do it, but those three guys were special back in the day. I mean, yeah. you just couldn't contain with them. All right, last one here. All right, so this is my favorite. I like to do the random one. Let's see how you do on this random one. Uh, the one food that you never had, but you want to try it. Ooh. Um, <laughs> that's a great question. Um, caviar. Caviar. Now, I've never had caviar, but I can <laughs> I can only imagine that it can't be great. And there's no way. When I'm I sure it's nasty. I, I, the first time I heard what it was, the first time yeah. I heard what it was, I knew I was through. It was like it's yeah. eggs. I said, "What is it?" And it was like fish eggs. I'm like, "No, nah. <laughs> I'm good." And the only reason I want to because it's, for some reason it was always with rich and caviar. So I was like. If once I do it, I'd probably take it, spit it out, throw it up, and then be like, you know what? That was terrible. I'm going back to steak or whatever. <laughs> caviar, but I, it's no reason. Just that's just caviar. Hey, that, yeah. that, that'll be your one bougie moment. You can yeah, have. Yeah. You're allowed to have one bougie moment, right? I take my 10 second bougie and then move on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. That was the Emmanuel Emmanuel Glaze edition of Quick Ones. Now, Emmanuel, before we go, brother, like I said, man, I truly appreciate you coming on. And, of course, you know, we're going to end it up 
with the way we always ended up. And that's with any special projects. You leaving your legacy. How, how do you see your legacy going? And do you have any special projects going on right now? Um, my legacy is to, uh, when I leave, is to, between Optimize Division and mm -hmm. what we do at The Crush, is to leave a path that young people can follow and we can believe. I want to be able to, as far as media is concerned, I want to kick in doors everywhere I go, man. I want right. it to be where um, when we say that you don't see many here or we don't see this, I want us to be able to not only break those doors down, but also the content that come out for our athletes that we are just giving the right content. And I'm tired of seeing that we get partial of them or we get the wrong. There's a lot of great athletes out there doing things. Right. As far as optimize the vision, if I can create uh, I always say that one of my things is I, I never understood the story of the fish and the fisherman. Mm -hmm. uh, you teach a man to fish, he eats one day. You, you, know, you give a man a fish, he eats one day. Teach a man to fish, he can eat forever. Right. That's what we're creating at Optimized Division. We're creating fishermen because my goal is to that we have these young people learn through the world of sports and exposure that there are so many possibilities out there that they can always give back and create something for everybody. So my legacy would be that I'm just a path maker, a road maker the highways that I'm creating. I feel like my parents and my ancestors created paths for me, so it's my job to make create super highways, and that's what my goal is, is to create super highways. Dare we say a legacy maker? I'm yes. just saying. <laughs> I'm feeling your name, <laughs> legacy maker. I love that name, by the way, man. That, that's, that, when I first yeah. heard you put that down, man, I was like, that's nice. <laughs> thank you brother but like like i said that's what we're about man we're about building legacies and that's what you're doing down there in the atl my friend you are building legacies and it's always a pleasure to see it ladies and gentlemen here thank you episode 17 my man emmanuel glaze one half of the dynamic duel that is the crush down in the atl emmanuel thank you for coming on ladies and gentlemen thank y'all for watching episode 17 we are so glad to have you on. We got so much more coming for y'all in the upcoming weeks, and we just thank y'all. Y'all make sure y'all check out The Crush, man, because if you want entertainment, I'm telling you, my guys will give you entertainment. I'm Darrell Owens, Legacy Maker Sports Network. This is one-on-one. -on -one. Have a good night. Welcome to the one-on-one. When it comes to ratings, man, we number one. I get the truth, then I give them the scoop. If anybody got a question, I give them the proof. Welcome to the one-on-one. When it comes to ratings, man, we number one. I get the truth, then I give them the scoop. If anybody got a question, I give them the proof. Welcome to one-on-one at Legacy Maker Sports Network.